It is Matthew Shinetti. Matthew, thank you so much for joining. Pat Cause, always good to hear your voice, my friend. Yeah, always uh, always good to have you on as well. By the way, a reminder, the Argonauts home opener against Hamilton Sunday. You can listen to it right here on TSN 1050. We'll do a little uh, CFL talk and then get into the uh, CONCACAF uh, Nations League semifinal match going on tonight between Canada and Panama. Um, how many weeks or a month, how long do you give it if uh, before you we would we should start worrying maybe about the quarterback play in the CFL and I said before the season begun you have to give it some time. There's a lot of young guys. There's a lot of guys on different teams. This felt going into the season like a year in transition. That's why it didn't shock me that maybe the num- passing numbers weren't there. Um, but yeah, how do you view it, big picture? This is the big situation, the big issue, the big talking point this year, Matt. Um, especially when you look at across the league that some of the guys who have been the established stars in the league are now getting, you know, into their mid to late thirties. Uh, Trevor Harris is 37. Zach Caleros is 36. Bo Levi Mitchell is just a, a hair younger at 33. And, you know, we're now what two seasons removed from Michael Riley retiring. And yeah. uh, you look across the league and the depth frankly just isn't there. And there's a lot of guys, there's going to, there's going to be a situation in this league although you never wish for injuries upon anyone. But take a look at Trevor Harris last week uh, when they're closing up the game in Edmonton. He gets helicoptered towards the end of the game and lands right on his hip. And immediately you're thinking, wow, is Mason Fine really the guy who's going to take over for the Rough Riders? Yeah. Uh, the, the only situation I see right now where depth isn't a problem, frankly, is in D.C., where certainly Vernon Adams Jr. looked great against Calgary. But if it means that he, at some point, He's either sat down or, had, or is injured. Uh, they have Dane Evans, who's played in great cups. And that really is a benefit to Rick Campbell, who knows how to use a two-quarterback system like he did winning a great cup with the Auto Red Blacks in 2016. But every team has this question. And there isn't a bigger question, I don't think, than in Toronto, where Chad Kelly this Sunday will get a chance to start, really be the, the undisputed guy since he was at Old Miss, which uh, by my math was, you know, four, five, six years ago. So there, there certainly are a lot of question marks, but to see Chad Kelly this weekend will, be an in, will, I think, be an early indication if we're seeing at least one team look towards the future and know yeah. that they have a guy. Oh, I can't wait. And it's fascinating what the Argonauts did. They don't have a backup with any experience. Chad Kelly is like the grizzled old veteran. And I'll say to everyone worried, this happens in the CFL every like 15 years or so. Like when a linebacker would win the MOP like Solomon Aluminian did. There's going to be the cyclical nature and the advantage at the quarterback position. The advantage the NFL has is there's been years where there's been 20 horrible quarterbacks but then we would just focus on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and that would sort of mask the deficiencies that other teams would have. Yeah, and I think it's really funny when you take a look at, for so long, uh, the Yargos were seen as the team that didn't develop quarterbacks. Well, it, it is, and I know if Jim Barker is listening, he's probably laughing at this because Jim Barker was the GM back in 2012 that brought in Trevor Harris and Zach Caleros yep. and developed <laughs> them with the Yargos, and now they are developing Chad Kelly. Yeah. So, Certainly, there has been a ton of ton of change in terms of what the Argos provide uh, in terms of quarterback talent in the CFL. But Chad Kelly has been up here. He's invested time. He's he talks about constantly. He's he's spoken about it on the Waggle podcast of the CFL and on the CFL on TSN. The amount of hours he has spent watching film, watching tape. This is not a Johnny Menzel situation. Although many people will look at some of the off-field transgressions 
that Chad Kelly had and compare it with Johnny Manziel, they are not the same. No. Um, Chad Kelly went to Eastern Mississippi, uh, the community college, which got a lot of spotlight in last chance U and was part of that coaching staff for a season. Then he comes up here and sits behind McLeod Bethel Thompson. Nobody doubts the confidence that Chad Kelly has, but he's the kind of guy who sat behind McLeod Bethel Thompson and learned all last year. Ryan Dinwiddie talked about it. And when you see him in practice, you're, ta- you're seeing someone who, as he says himself, eats, lives, breathes, sleeps football, and he is very committed to this. And I think part of that has to do with the lineage of the Jim Kelly name that he carries and that being his Hall of Fame uncle uh, with the Buffalo Bills. But it's also, I think, a young man at 29 years old who's like, listen, this is the game I have loved my whole life, and uh, it has been taken away from me. And there is no truer CFL theme and the second chance of guys who have seen the game taken away from them and come back and, 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 and try to really grab hold of an opportunity. So we're going to see that Sunday because the Hamilton Firecats are coming. I, I'm just driving back from Hamilton, uh, and they are ready to make their own statement after what happened in Winnipeg to them last Oof. Week. Oof, that first half is horrible. Uh, by the way, before we get on to the what's going on tonight in men's uh, soccer, you said you're driving home. Where are you right now? Can you give us a traffic update? Are you on the QEW, or are you a coward and a, and a smart person by taking the 407? No, you know what? I am a man who has paid my pound of flesh over and over and over again on the QEW, and I'm just approaching third line. We mm. are going a little slow, but I always mm. say to myself, mm. if I don't go home now, I'm not getting home until tomorrow because yeah. everyone in southern Ontario in the Golden Horseshoe understands it is a special kind of pain to drive the QEW between Toronto and Hamilton every single day. Oh, yeah. Oh, and for people that do that, you are the true heroes, and we extend you nothing but sympathy <laughs> and our uh, our warmest thoughts. Uh, what is, uh, what's at stake tonight? Canada, the favorite against Panama, but uh, Panama, they've had more time to practice. They played a game. I think they beat Nicaragua. Uh, what's at stake tonight for the, the men's national soccer team? This is the next step in what John Herbman's plan has always been. It it has always been a series of accomplishments that he has laid before his team. Uh, Be the first to be the first to to beat the United States at home in 30 odd years. They did that four years ago in this very competition, the Concacaf Nations League. Be the first to qualify uh, for the uh, World Cup in uh, 36 years, while also doing a lot of firsts in terms of getting a point in Mexico and winning in Honduras and all of these assorted things. Be the first team to score a goal for Canada's men's national team at a World Cup. They did that. Certainly they missed out on a couple other benchmarks in terms of getting a result and getting a win. But this is the big one for John Herdman. It is, it is winning a trophy because he, especially when you have as many players as he has now with their clubs winning trophies, not just Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David, but Tejon Buchanan and certainly Alistair Johnston with Celtic and Kyle Lahrens won trophies before. But he wants his team to win a trophy together because part of the next evolution of the brotherhood with the Canadian men's national team is succeeding together. And if they were to win this competition and they are in the semifinals, they face Panama. And then on Sunday, they would face the winner of the United States and Mexico, which is never an easy task. They would be the first Canadian men's team to win a trophy since, you know, Jason DeVos and Craig Forrest lifted the gold cup, the, uh, you know, the, the continental championship and went on to the FIFA confederations cup uh, back almost a generation ago, 23 years ago. So that's what's at stake. And John Herman spoke about it yesterday in his pre-match presser. And he is someone who is so detailed, so oriented, that he has no doubt with his staff plotted this on the map and saying, if we can win this championship, and maybe we won't have a full-strength squad at the Gold Cup because many of those players 
with their club teams, as I have mentioned, might be making moves this summer. This would be significant for him as they continue the progress towards. It's might, it might be three years away, but in men's soccer, going back to your point, cause the Canadian men's team doesn't get a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. Those are the budget, issue, budget issues that John Herdman talks about all the time, being able to maximize and, and use, the, use the opportunities they, they have. Uh, and this one being a big one to win a trophy, that matters to John Herdman. Matthew Shinetti, TSN Sports Center reporter. Drive safe, my friend. We will talk soon. Enjoy the game tonight. And week two, the CFL starts as well with Calgary at Ottawa. Appreciate it, my friend. Have a great day, Cos. You as well. Matthew Shinetti joins us here on Gameplay.